to give all of you a chance to know the sweet story of, of this girl. And, um, and what a perfect Sunday to be able to do it as we conclude this whole idea of putting love on display, because that's what Donnie does. <clears throat> and um, I remember uh, years ago, I, I love how Lad there at the end, he said how this impediment or this, this handicap has affected uh, such a beautiful actual display through Donnie. And years ago, I heard a guy speak who had had a, um, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck right before he was uh, born. And because of of the lack of oxygen getting to his brain, he too had a handicap, and so it was really hard to hear him speak, and he had trouble um, with control over the physical part of his body. But while he was up there, he said, you know, what's happening here is, actually, you guys look at me, and he said, because all of us have a handicap. He goes, the problem is, you guys can all see mine. Like, you look at me and you immediately know, man, there's something wrong. Something happened there. That something's not right. He said, but the truth is we all have a handicap. We just can't see yours. <laughs> and it's so true that every single one of us in our heart, there's something that's not right. There's something that's messed up. And it's so much easier for us if we're okay physically to be able to mask that and to cover it up. But the reality is there's something broken inside. And one of the cool things about Donnie, you guys, is she may physically be struggling. And by the way, man, I'll never forget. She's been, Donnie's been with us for years. And I'll never forget the first day, man, she stood up, you know, right here at K2 and just got up and such determination is such a beautiful thing. But even though she struggles physically, man, there is nobody who's more alive in her soul. There is nobody who's just living and free. Yeah, you guys know her, man. That's why you're, you're clapping. She's just, she's just awesome. And, and so as we look at this today, that's the hope for every single one of us. That every one of us in this room can have such an intimate and such a deep encounter with God that he can set us free. That we can be alive, that we can be full of love, and that no matter what the circumstances are in our life, God can do something amazing with them. And so we've been in this series, and I just want to recap really quick. If you haven't been with us, if you're here and you're visiting or just here for the first time, or, or even for those of us who've been here for the last two months, we started this whole idea of putting love on display back at Easter time. Because at Easter is the crux of what Christianity is all about. And basically what happens in Easter is Jesus is sent to this earth very clearly to take away our sin. And, and again, the way I define sin is sin is this nature that's in every human being to think more about ourselves than we do about God or other people. And that's what causes the mess in this world. And I love the fact that God said, man, I love the world so much that I want to take away your sin. So I'm going to send Christ. He's going to come and he's going to be a sacrifice, which is what we're talking about today, for you to be able to wipe away your sin, and here's what's so cool, so you can be reconciled back to God. We're created to be in this relationship with God. So now, God can put his spirit inside of you in Easter. And this is, by the way, the Christian faith did not start because Jesus had these great teachings. And his disciples said, well, we gotta spread these teachings. You know why, why Christianity started? It start, excuse me, it started because someone who was dead rose again. <laughs> And that was their message. This was not an ordinary human being. He proved it through his miraculous works. He threw, proved it through his life. He proved it through his authority. And he proved it through his resurrection. 
This was God coming down to show us what life was all about and to reconnect us with that. So the resurrected Christ, you guys, Christianity is that Jesus is alive. And this is a major, cool, supernatural, spiritual thing that happens within a human being. Is that when you put your faith in him, he says, you actually receive Christ. He's alive and there is a real relationship that happened and the spirit of God inhabits your soul. And now, what we've been doing for two months is we've been looking and saying, well, how did this Jesus love then? Because the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. So we've looked at this life of Christ, and so you can go back and listen to any message you want to see what did he look like when he loved people? Because now he's in me. And so if Jesus is alive in me, then I should be displaying that same type of love. And that's the whole deal. So today, we're ending our series, which I'm, to be honest with you, I'm kind of bummed, man. This has really been helpful for me to really figure out what love actually is in my own life. And again, what I'm going to talk to you about today nails me with this. But today, here's what we're going to talk about. That the love of Christ sacrifices. And this might be the crown jewel of his love. That Jesus gives his life away. And I love how Donnie put that up there, right? Her last little deal that she created, which by the way, if you see our art on display, you'll see one of Donnie's things up there on the wall. And, uh, but that one right there. For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. So another way I think we can put that, for the joy set before him, Jesus sacrificed himself. So here's my question to you. And I want you to think about this as we go through this message today. What would happen in your life if you actually believed that on the other side of sacrifice was joy? What would happen to you? And what would happen to me? (laughs) What would happen to this community? What would happen to your relationships if if you actually believed that sacrificing brought joy? (laughs) Because I don't know about you, I I like joy. (laughs) I like the idea that God wants my joy to be complete. But it comes on the other side of sacrificing. And yet, when you hear the word sacrificing, there's something inside of us that goes, I don't want to do that. So that's what we're going to struggle with today. Let me give you a definition, working definition of sacrifice. It's an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. That's what a sacrifice is. It's the giving up of something valued really matters to you for the sake of something else that you know is even more important and more worthy. And I'm telling you what, man, you guys, if you and I can learn this part of Jesus' love, if we can love in a sacrificial way where we'll give up stuff that we value because we know there's something else that matters more, like your husband or your wife or your kids, then all of a sudden life changes, all right? So man, let's pray and let's ask God right here, right now. So here's, here's and again, you, you guys who come to K2, you know this, but can I just before, let's not do the rote little, okay, we gotta pray before the message thing. Let's stop for a moment and think about this. Jesus said that every word that comes out from him is like a seed and all it's looking for is a heart that has good soil. And good soil is a heart that's just receptive. It's a heart that hears the word receives the word, and by persevering, takes it and keeps going, produces fruit. So I'm going to pray for you right now, but you can make a decision right now, not just to come to church, you know, and then go out because it's beautiful out there, not just to come to church and hurry up and get back out to your day, but to believe that God can till your soil of your heart and make it soft so that when you hear something today, 
you'll actually hear from God and it can make a difference in your life, all right? So let's pray right now. Let's ask him to do that. God, I love the fact that you want to produce fruit, as you say, in our lives. And that that fruit is love and joy and peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That you want to make our lives fruitful. And so, right now, Jesus, out of your great love for every person in this room, there's not a person in this room that you didn't lay your life down for. There's not a person in this room that you don't know and you don't know the struggles of their own heart or the struggles, the relationship struggles they're going through right now. And I, I just pray that you would prepare their heart, give them ears to be able to hear you. And may something deeper and more powerful, something supernatural take place in us today as we open our hearts to you. Change us and transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. 1 John chapter 3 says this. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Anybody surprised by that? Okay. (laughs) This is it, man. We should love one another. Verse 16 goes, and this is how we know what love is. Okay, we're supposed to love each other. What's that look like? This is how we know. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ was a sacrifice on our behalf. That's what love is. So that's our first point, you guys, right here. Love that doesn't sacrifice isn't love. You can say all that you want that you love, but if there isn't any sacrifice in your love, then you don't love because the Bible makes it really clear. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life, and just like he laid down his life for us, we ought to be laying down our lives for each other, which means I should sacrifice my interest, myself, for you. So, Love that doesn't love, I mean, sorry, love that doesn't sacrifice isn't love. Love that doesn't love isn't love. (laughs) This is good. All right, here we go. All right, so here's what's cool about this point, you guys. That's just true. We don't need, I'm not going to spend much time on this one. Um, Because what you love, you give yourself to. It, it, It is just a practical working definition of what love is. Now remember what our definition of sacrifice was. It's giving up something that you value for the sake of something more important or worthy. Now, every one of you in this room have different things that are more important to you than everybody else. We're different in that way. But let me give you some broad categories that are true for every one of us. Something that you value. And the first one is your time. Your time is really important to you. It's crazy, especially living in America, man. Everybody's trying to balance their schedule, right? And so if somebody actually gets your time... I mean, that's really valuable. And so another one, and so if you say, man, I'm going to actually sacrifice something valuable, my time, because there's something more valuable, something more important. Man, every time you sacrifice your, lay down your time for another human being, you just let them know, I love you. I sacrifice me for you. Here's a second one, and that's your resources. What you love, you just financially give to. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a reality. And, and if you really just want to know, what, what do you care about? You just got to go, well, man, I give up this. Like, I might value this money, but, but I want that more. That's more valuable to me. That's more worthy to me. So I give my finances to it. And it's, just, it's a really easy way just to go. And that's why Jesus said, hey, if you want to know where your heart is, it's where your treasure is. <laughs> 
And I think that's why God talks so much about money in the Bible is because he wanted you to know where your real love is. Because you do sacrifice your money to the things that you actually love. So time and, and money. And here's a third one. Energy. Anybody? I tell you, you know, the older I get, the more valuable energy is to me. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I, I so wish I could take a syringe and stick it in my kids and just <laughs> suck out their energy, you know? I mean, I'd be a millionaire with my kids if I could actually get their energy out and put that in. But I'm, I'm serious, you guys, and this is the, the, the other one that we talked about this in the first week of what love is. That love means you're with somebody, Okay? Now you can actually be present with somebody and actually not give them any of yourself. And that doesn't cost very much to just be sitting in the same room with somebody else. But to give them your focused attention, to really listen, to actually care, to pour yourself out, that, there's energy that's involved in giving that away. And I tell you what, man, that's valuable to me. Because I know, at the end of the day, I know... I've only got so much energy. Here's the question. Who gets it? Do you save that energy for yourself? Do you save it so that you have time or or time, but also energy to be able to do the things you want to do? Man, I'm telling you, mom and dads, this is a big one. Or do you have enough energy to pour into your kids at the end of the day? That's a sacrifice, isn't it? But guess what? What you love, you sacrifice. You'll give your time, you'll give your resources, and you'll give your energy. All right? Now, let's boil all this down. Because here's something that every single one of us value. In fact, there's, there's probably, this is probably what we value more than anything else. Anybody know what it is? Yourself. <laughs> just yourself. What, if you, if you uh, think about this all week long, I'm just going, you know what? When it comes down to it, my wrestling with sacrificing is because I love my stuff. And so I want control over my life. I want my desires to be fulfilled. And I want my will to be done. Don't you? I mean, I, I, y'all have a will? Y'all have a dream? Y'all got a plan? And you know what? Every human being does. And that's our control. We make every decision every day hoping that we'll make our life the best that it can be. So love that doesn't sacrifice isn't love. So here's a question. If you really love, then what do you sacrifice? Your will. If you really love like Jesus loves, then you will sacrifice your will. Okay? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. And all of us know this. We, say, we, we recite this all the time. And it says, so, so uh, this is how you should pray. In fact, without even looking, most of us, let's all do this together, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, now how many of you, how many of you meant anything that you just said? <laughs> See, we, that prayer became so rote that we're just, we just know it and we just say it. That right there is a really dangerous prayer. So Jesus was asked, Man, how do you pray, man? How do you stay so connected with God? Let me, tell you, let me tell you how I pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your name above every name. I want your kingdom to come, which means I want you to reign, and I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
you want to get real personal to say, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. So you guys, this is how Jesus lived his life. The ultimate love that Jesus had was probably displayed in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he was going to die. And here's what I love about Jesus and what I love about the honesty of the scriptures is when it came down to this decision, am I going to carry the weight of the sin of the world on my shoulders? What I love about Jesus, because he was human, he didn't want to do it. (laughs) He didn't want to do it. Anybody know that struggle with God? I mean, your will wrestling with God's will? I mean, that's what happens. That's like every single day. But what I love about Jesus right here in Luke chapter twenty-two, forty-two, 42, it says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And if you remember, he had like sweats dropping like blood. This was such an intense moment because he did not want to go through this. Take this cup from me. And then this great line, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. You guys, if Jesus Christ, the only reason he ever sacrificed himself was because his father asked him to do it. And I love John, 4, uh, John 14, 31 says this, the world must learn, that's you and me, that I love the father and I do exactly what he commands me to do. And here's the glory of Easter. Because I don't know about you, There's lots of times I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Anybody? I don't want to do it. But the beautiful, here's the gospel, here's what Jesus saved us from, is without Christ, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. I've lived that life, right? I know what it is to say no to God and do whatever I want to do. Jesus came, and he's now inside my heart, and he's the one who says, you guys, I love the Father, and I do exactly what he asked me to do. And now he's living in me. If you're a follower of Christ today, Jesus, who always said yes to his father, is living in you. That's good news. Because now you have a supernatural power outside of yourself to help you say no to your will and to say yes to God's will. That, I believe, is the life of Christ at its core. And so here's your struggle, man, and here's my struggle every single day. Is he God or is he not? Is he God or is he not? And if he is, then is he really, are you allowing him to be the only true God that you worship? That was his first thing he said. Man, don't have any other gods before you. Have me, because my will is good and pleasing and perfect. Love the Lord your God, right? They came to Jesus. What are we supposed to do? And somebody after the first service said, man, this is all so simple. Why can't I do it, Right? <laughs> Because it's just like, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, cool, man. Well, not my will, but yours be done in my life as it is in heaven. And God's like, awesome. So you know what my will is? Love each other. Love each other. And this is how we can know whether we are really actually exercising our own will or whether we're actually following God's. Because if you aren't loving somebody, then you're not following God's will. So I was thinking, man, even this morning, why is this so hard to do? Because I don't feel like sacrificing, right? I mean, who feels like sacrificing? Who wakes up in the morning and goes, God, I can't wait to do nothing I want to do, right? <laughs> can't wait to just think about other people more than myself. There's, there's nothing in human nature that thinks that way. And yet that's exactly how Jesus thinks. 
It's pure, it's holy, and it's God. And I tell you, man, there are so, and some of you in this room, so many hurting relationships. Can I just remind you, if you're struggling in a relationship, without question, it is because one of you, or probably both of you, but at least one person is not sacrificing their own will for the benefit of the other person. You can just boil it down to that right there. Now, getting down to that is the tough thing, and actually caring more about the other person than you care about yourself, that's really hard. Personally, I find it impossible, except for the hope that Jesus has changed in my heart. Because Jesus always sacrificed his will for the benefit of his Father and for each other. Now, so, love without sacrifice isn't love, all right? And the thing you got to sacrifice is your will. Now, let me share with you this third point. Sacrificial love is no respecter of persons, okay? So here's what I know. If any of you in this room have ever gotten to the point where you're like, man, I'm going to love God with all my heart and soul. I'm going to be, as Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, being a living sacrifice, like a living dead person. Basically, I'm alive, but I'm never living for myself. I'm dead to myself. He goes, that's your worship unto God. But here's what I know, man. If anybody ever decides to actually sacrifice your own will and be able to pray to God and say, God, I want your will instead, people all around us are going to be affected by that. Everybody around you is going to be affected by your decision to take God's will on instead of your own. Let me give you three things that will happen. The first one is this. If you give up your life totally for Christ and follow him with all your heart, people are going to question that. They're going to question that. Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 2, this is when he was still a kid, and he, he wandered away, and, and his parents were looking for him. And uh, it says here in verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Well, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. <laughs> To hear Jesus already, because he's God in the flesh, he's like, man, I got to be doing what my father told me to do. And his parents are like, what are you doing? I don't understand that. And I'm telling you, if you start doing what God asks you to do, there are definitely going to be people who don't understand why you're doing it. And here's the other one. In Mark chapter 3, it says, Jesus entered a house, and again, a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. I love that. His family is going, this dude has gone crazy. He's out of his mind. Can I I just tell you guys something? The way of Christ is such the antithesis to the American dream that if you actually live it, people are going to look at you and they're going, I don't get it. I don't understand you. Because at the core of what it is, all around us today, the highest value is to do whatever you want to do. Whatever's right for you. It's so me-centered, and you get to make those decisions for yourself. But if you have Christ inside of you, you're actually sacrificing yourself, and you're thinking about other people more. Can I ask you guys a question? For all of you guys who are Christ followers in here, here's your question. When was the last time that someone questioned your life 
because of your devotion to God. When was the last time that somebody actually questioned your life because of your devotion to God? When was the last time they looked at you and they, and they, they said, wait, wait, what are you doing? Like, why are you sacrificing so much of your time and giving it away to other people? I mean, don't, don't you want to do this? And don't you want to do this? When's the last time somebody said, looked at your life and was blown away by what you were actually doing with your finances instead of using all of your money for your own gain and for your own self that you were given so much away sacrificially that people are going, they didn't get it. Why do you actually give yourself away? I tell you, man, this was a very challenging question for me. Because it's really easy to live the American dream, isn't it? I like the American dream. I like having everything that I want, right? And I like really being able to live in that. In fact, what's really, I think what most of us, our struggle as Christians in living in America is having the American dream and Jesus too. And yet... If Jesus was living in America, he would never be caught up in the consumerism of this country, would he? He wouldn't. I'm not saying that he would live in a shack. I don't know what, I don't, all I know is this, is if Jesus is living inside of me, he was such living a life of sacrifice of his time, of his resource, and his energy that people around him thought he was out of his mind. And so where does the world get to see that in you? Where do, they, where do they get to see you living for somebody else more than you live for yourself? Here's a second thing that will happen. People will question you, but people also might feel left behind if you really follow Christ. Sometimes people will start to feel second, and that's because they are. Okay? It's because they are. Mark chapter 3, verse 33 and 35 said, Who are my mother and my brothers, Jesus asked. And then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and they said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So this, was right, this happened right after they thought he was crazy, right? And they thought he was out of his mind. And then he was like, hey, your, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. And he's like, well, who, who, wait, it's like, who are my brother and my brother? Here's what's interesting, you guys. Let me just, like, I love my family, man. I, I, I love them so much. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, one of the hardest things for me is living in Salt Lake City. Because <laughs> I never see them anymore. You know, they're all in Michigan, and, you know, they're all over the place. So this summer, we're finally going to be all together, you know, for a family reunion. And I can't wait, because I love them. But I tell you what, as much as I love my family, I don't follow my family. <laughs> I, I don't worship my family. I don't bow down to my family and say, hey, whatever you guys want to do, that's where I, I don't do that. See, the truth is, you guys, as soon as you decide to follow Christ, you will be making sacrifices. It it just happens. And I I said this in first service. This is probably something I say too much around here. But But it's so important to understand. My wife Susie, who I love with all my heart, is a great wife and a lousy God. And you got to understand that principle that no human being was ever meant to be the one that you center your life around. That's too much burden on them in the first place, right? And it's never healthy for you. And so he goes on in Mark chapter 10. It says that Peter spoke up and he said, man, God, we've left everything to follow you. 
See, you talk about sacrifice. What was the definition of sacrifice? Giving up something of value for something that's more important or worthy. And Peter's like, I gave, we gave up everything for you. And Jesus says this, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and some persecution. I love how he throws that in there. <laughs> and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. You guys, every single human being who decides to follow Christ will make a sacrifice to do so. And so here's my question back to you again. What would happen if we believed that sacrifice brought great joy? What would happen if we really believed in our heart, if I stop living for myself and actually love God with all of my heart and want his will? Oh yeah, and what's his will? Love everybody around me. What would happen if you stopped living for yourself? Can, I, can we just be honest? Like, why don't you do that? And the only reason is because you think your plan's better. <laughs> you actually, because we all make decisions every single day believing that this is what's going to bring us the most joy. And so the only reason that we're not completely sacrificing ourselves and living for God and living for others is because somehow we feel like if I live for me, I'm going to have more joy. Yeah? Come in my marriage counseling sessions and let's bring that principle in. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so, but all of us as humans, this is the message today, man. If you sacrifice yourself for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So here's what I know, man. If you live like that, people will question you and some people are going to feel left behind and they're going to be second. But here's what's really cool, you guys. When we put God's will first, everyone else comes in second. But here's the third thing that'll happen is people will be blessed. They'll question you. They might feel like they're second, but people will be blessed. Why? Because God's will is that you would always put other people ahead of yourself. That's the gospel. The gospel, the good news of Christ, is he can take your selfish heart, set you free from it, fill you with the very spirit of God so that you can live out his will. And here's God's will, sacrifice your life for other people. So it's crazy because the world should look at you, every one of us should go through this kind of process. The world should look at you and go, you're nuts! And the world should look at you and go, man, I can't believe you're doing this. I don't even feel like you love me anymore. And then the world should go, oh my gosh. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Because now the more I'm around you, something's happened to you. You give yourself away now. And I'm telling you, man, every human being on this planet needs to be loved. And what an awesome plan of God to say, not just in one man, am I going to try to change the world? Jesus rose again so he could live in all of us. So hundreds of thousands of people could have this love inside of them that doesn't live for themselves but sacrifices because they value other people more than they value themselves. Because they value God more than they value themselves. Love without sacrifice isn't love. 
But if you've got Christ in you, then he's the one who says, I'm always thinking about the other person. All right, you guys, so let's put this into some action. If you guys, I believe there's a three by five card on all of your seats. So go ahead and grab this three by five card. <laughs> and um, and uh, hopefully you have a pen um, that you can use. Um, and we're going to uh, put this into some practice here right now. Now let me tell you why this is so important, okay? Jesus great, gave this great little story. And he said, those who hear my words, <laughs> like you just heard his word, and don't put it into practice, are like people who build a house on sand, and then the storms came, the conflict came, the troubles of life came, and the house crashed. He said, but those who hear my word and put it into practice are like those who build their house on the rock. The same storms come, the same troubles, the same conflicts, but their house remains. And here's the other thing he said. He said, if you are really my disciple... So listen to all, all of you guys who are out there who claim to be Christians, okay? And I said that intentionally, claim to be Christian. He says, you are really my disciple if you hold to my teaching. Not just know it, not just think about it. Hold to it means you actually do it. And then he says, if you hold to my teachings, he goes, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, now we all, yeah, we all love that part. The truth will set me free. Bring it on. Okay, but you got to hold to his teaching. (laughs) So here's what I want you to do. Grab these three by five cards, and I'm going to give you some uh, some time to put down some practical steps that you're going to take from this message right here. Number one, write down family. And I want you to think about, if you're married, think about your spouse. If you got kids, you might want to think about your kids. If you're not married, don't have kids, then think about your closest family relationship, your mom, your dad, brothers, sisters, somebody deeply intimate to you. And all I want you to write down is what right now is an act of sacrifice that you're going to do for your husband? What's an act of sacrifice you're going to do for your wife or for your kids or the closest family member? And what does that mean? It means what do you value? But you're going to say in this moment right now, I value you more. I do value my time. I do value my resource. I do value my energy, whatever it is. But right right now, how could you actually love, like Jesus loves, your husband, your wife, your kids, or another family member? Go ahead and write it down. And here, here's the thing. So don't like think deeply about this one. I, I actually, in fact, God, give them quick answers. So seriously, because I, I think probably something already jumped to your head and you're going, I don't really know. Let me think of another one. Um, my guess is you probably should write down the first one that came up because you already know where you're living for yourself more than others that you say you love. But love without sacrifice isn't love. All right? So write it down. What are you going to do? How are you actually going to love your family? Write down that act of sacrifice. All right, second one, friend or slash coworker. Let's be that next, next fear around you. I want you to ask, I want you to write down and think about a friend or a coworker right now that you sense in your heart that you're supposed to love. And what's an act of sacrifice that you could do? What's something that you value, but you could actually value them more 
something you can give up to let that person know, man, this person really loves me. All right, here's the third one. This one's a little tougher. Write down stranger. How can you sacrifice, how can you show God's love to a stranger? Someone this week that you don't even know, but you're going to run into. Run into them at the line. Maybe it's like, hey, go ahead and go before me. (laughs) You know, that's an act of sacrifice, isn't it? When you're in a hurry. Or maybe, like I've said before, double your tip to the waitress. Freak them out. Just what is an act of sacrifice that you could actually give to a stranger? Because you all know this, man. If you're actually with somebody, if you would give yourself in a moment to a stranger this week, you could change their life. Or maybe at least their day. That was probably a little extreme. (laughs) But I bet you any money, I bet you could change a person's day if you just moved into your day, weren't even thinking about you, but every stranger you encountered, you thought about them. So write down an act of sacrifice, a way that you could love a stranger. Right? And here's the last one. Someone in need. Someone in need. In 1 John chapter 3, Verse 17, it says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, then how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but love with actions and in truth. How do you do it? What's a way right now that you could actually sacrifice yourself and give to somebody who's in need? Because apparently, if we can't do that, then the love of God can't even be in us. Because that's what the love of God does. Sacrifices yourself for another. All right, so here's the deal. Um, Let me just pray for you. I'm going to pray right now. And I'm going to pray that God would help you to not, again, even just write these things on a card, but actually live them out. Because if you do, you're going to bless everybody around you. And you're going to be free. That's what Jesus said. If you hold to my teachings, you're going to be free. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for revealing your loving nature to us through Christ. And we thank you, Jesus. We worship you because you're the only one who never lived for himself, but gave himself up as a living sacrifice. And Jesus, now that you live in us, I pray that you encourage us and help us to do that. Lord, I pray for everything written down in those cards. I pray for every idea. I pray, God, this week, even today, would you please help us to actually take what we hear and put it into practice so that it starts building a foundation for our lives. Set us free, God. Set us free from ourselves and help us to be a blessing to this world that needs your love so bad. And I ask you to bless everybody in this room that way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll take that. Thank you. All right. So now here's what's cool, you guys. If you love this way, people around you are going to be blessed. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to transition right now. And, and I know for me, um, whatever, I won't get too personal. I know for me <laughs> that when my heart just feels bent towards itself, what do you, what do, you do? 
How do you get your heart bent back out? For me, the only thing, the key thing that works is simply remembering how much God loves me. That's why we worship. We worship to put him in his rightful place and to, to praise him and to thank him. And as Jesus said, remember how much I love you. When I think about that Jesus would take all of my sin on himself so I'm never going to be punished for my sin, that is such good news. When I think about how much he loves me, that's what encourages me to say, come on, man. 2 Corinthians 5 said he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him. And so I, that's what we're going to do right now, you guys, is, is we're just going to take uh, this last part of our service and just celebrate what happens when Christ actually gets inside a, a, a person. So a few weeks ago, we did a baptism, and we're going to show a couple stories of people who got baptized just to celebrate and listen to their, their experience of God once they allowed him into their life and remember what this can do for you, okay? So let's watch this together. My name is Rhea. I'm Brandon, and, and this, this is, is why, why I got, got baptized. baptized. I was born and raised in Albania. I was raised Jewish in a very reformed sort of uh, uh, family environment. I was raised Muslim, and just recently I got introduced to a Christian church by my fiancé. We weren't real religious or, or serious about it, but there was definitely a sense of uh, Judaism and our heritage. The first couple of times I went to a Christian church, I was really nervous. I thought I was cheating on my religion and apologizing to God, saying, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. So I kind of have always done what's uh, expected of a, of a Jewish man uh, throughout my young adulthood and adulthood. My family doesn't know very much about me. Ever since I've moved out, they've disowned me. They don't believe in me marrying someone out of my, someone out of their religion. I guess I've always sort of questioned my faith, my, my Jewish faith. Last couple of years, I really wanted more. I'm just so thankful that Jesus' love for me and my relationship with him has cleansed me of my sin and that uh, I have a perfect father to walk through life with and praise Jesus. <laughs> I got baptized on the 13th of April. So have you made a decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? And do you commit to follow him all the days of your life? And I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I like my background, and I like the leap that I've made, and, and being baptized was, was one of the most emotional, in a good way, experiences I've ever had. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, Getting baptized was just another motivation for me to be more committed to God. 
I saw God working for me and I told myself, why not work for him too? I've got this guy on my side, Jesus, you know, that's got like a, uh, a strong interest in my, in my life and, and has my best interest at heart. Before I got baptized, I would just say, I just believe in God. It was really hard for me to say I believe in Jesus, but once I found out that I truly do believe in him, now that I'm baptized and I committed myself to him, I can say it freely and joyfully. You know, at this point, I just, I want to, I want to spread the word. I mean, I want to, I want to spread the word to my family, first and foremost, who are very close to me and mean a lot to me. And I think probably struggle with some of the same things that I've struggled with. I hope that God would work through me so I could help other people. I truly believe that I'm actually here to save someone else and make them filthy rich with God. It's been great to, uh, to have that and to have Jesus and to have church in this community and, and everything behind me to support me through this process. I just, I feel so much love. I feel God walking with me and I know that he's there. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. I'm just really thankful. Jesus, my heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I tell you, man. <clears throat> And here's what I love about both those two things I love about both those stories. The first one is both of them now, if you heard them, are experiencing God with them. I've got this guy, Jesus, who's now with me. I feel his presence. That's what this is all about. God's whole desire through Christ was to have, be with you. It's a great thing. And here's the other thing I noticed is when that really happens, one of the first things you want to do is you want other people to know about it. You just want to tell them, it's like, hey, you can experience this too. So you guys, God, and through his sacrifice, great joy on the other end. Jesus is going to have a party forever in heaven because he went through the sacrifice. And if you and I will sacrifice, there's great joy on the other end for us too.